welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture. We have quite a show for you today. Our topic of the show uh, is going to be something that uh, I think everyone will will get something out of. Uh, I'm I'm hoping. Um, it's a fun little topic that we've uh, we're actually initially going to make an Instagram post about, but uh, decided this would be a better course of action. Um, but on top of that, we'll also be talking about some games and media, and of course our picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by one of my two co-hosts, Austin. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Stevens. How you doing today, man? I don't know about that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do Uh, that because you know I hate Christmas so much? uh, No, that's actually an intentional side effect, Oh, and now that I know that... Every Christmas themed episode that we ever have, that's going to be your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I do hate this time of the year. It is it very is much true. so. Um, that's all right. It's got its pluses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, uh, like having our um, uh, our game of the year discussions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was actually going to say, like, having our topic of the show this week being Christmas-themed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I love that, too. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I am very tired. Uh, I, I don't that. know what's been going on, man, but I haven't gotten a lot of sleep recently. And I'm just very tired. Oh, um, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, I mean, if <laughs> I got something for that. I know that. Um, yes, you have the medicine, as it were. <laughs> this shit puts me right the fuck to sleep. <laughs> Madison gets uh, mad about it. Oh, man. We'll sit on the couch. We'll start a movie. We'll be like 10 minutes in, and I'm snoring immediately. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's how I feel like when I finally do get in bed uh, and I'm sleeping and I'm like laying there. Kayla will be up for like another hour. I hit the fucking like pillow and I'm out. Out. It makes Madison so mad because she like she's like, oh, I want to talk. Like I'm in bed. I want to go Bruh, to sleep. I'm I'm sleeping right now. <laughs> I, okay. I got to get up in four hours. Like what? Shut up. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. Well. Uh. So as it's uh, I guess abundantly clear. Uh. Dylan is out today. He is uh not feeling well at all um yeah very, at uh, all very very sick um but uh we didn't want to we, we didn't want to skip another week because we've we've been out a lot recently we uh, and we also we also thought that this topic would be uh something worth uh discussing considering it is december 1st and the holidays are here in full force um so uh yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and we'll get started. Uh I watched Squid Games this week. Mm. Um or Squid Game, I should say. I think that's the actual real name. Yeah. Um have you uh looked at this at all? Um so I started it and I got to the part in the first episode where 
the uh, dudes uh, like chase the main character into a bathroom, beat the shit out of him and make him sign the contract. And that is the exact scene I fell asleep. And then I just forgot to ever go back to it. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I do want to get to it. I will m- maybe next year okay. sometime. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, with that said, um, let me just... Uh, tell you all about it it is the uh the i guess uh, biggest craze on netflix this year um it is the south korean show um that is a very akin to um um god what's the name of the show uh battle royale um i don't know if you've ever seen that Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's uh, very similar to that, except instead of children, it is adults uh, who are in uh, dire financial uh, need. And uh, yeah, so I started watching this on the recommendation from several people that I know saying it's like one of the best things of the year and, you know, stuff like that, like a lot of high praise. And um, I am very much a fan of this. I thought that this was very good. Mm. Um, it wasn't, uh, as like incredible, I think as a lot of people made it out to be, but it was still like a lot, like a very, very fun watch. Mm. Um, so more or less, it's like I said about these people who they get invited to join a series of games and uh, it's to kind of like not recoup costs because that's that's the wrong phrasing. But like all, all almost all of the people in the that get invited to join the games are um, people who are financially unstable or ha- have like massive amounts of debt or s- something like that. Mm. And they're offered to play this game and basically uh, like get all of their debt taken care of more or less because it's a gigantic sum of money that they would win from, uh, you know, winning the game. And when, um, when they actually finally get in there, uh, they're playing the game and everyone thinks it's all like nice and fun. And in the very first game, uh, it's uh, red light, green light, right? Well, they're playing the game and then they are in the middle of like the whole like stopping thing. And it turns out that the people who don't fully 100% stop, like actually freeze, uh, they end up getting shot (laughs) and (laughs) murdered. Um, and throughout the rest of the game, there are six games in total that they have to compete in. Uh, and the, uh, each and every game it grows like more violent and um and whatnot Mm -hmm. and uh yeah man i really enjoyed pretty much everything about this show um until the very end like I enjoyed the hell out of the um 
all of the middle stuff. Like, I think that the beginning is a little bit uneven because it, I think, is like saying, like, it's trying to say uh, a couple of like different things. And like in the process, uh, really kind of doesn't end up saying kind of anything really. Mm. Um, like I, I think like it, it's trying to take a look at certain societal like issues, like, uh, like, you know, the fact that the, the father, uh, is kind of like being a, a deadbeat and is, um, like neglecting his daughter in favor of like gambling and shit like that. Mm. And like, I, I don't think that it necessarily ends up like sticking the landing, so to speak. I think it really has kind of the opposite effect almost because it sets up some interesting stuff that never really gets paid off. Um, but the ending, I, or well, the, the middle parts I fucking loved. I loved everything in the middle. Um, the ending is, I think, probably my biggest gripe with the entire series though. I love everything up until about the final episode. It's once the final episode kicks off, I, I kind of don't understand like the messaging that it is sending. gets very, very muddled for me. And I kind of don't understand what the point of the show was. Like, I think, the whole thing is kind of taking a look at like, I think how, uh, like money is a destabilizing force in all of our lives. And like the people who kind of profit off of it, use us as like, or, or not us, but like the working class as like little games. Like they play games with us in order to, like continue their wealth. Uh, and it's like fun for them that we're suffering. And I, I think it does have a lot of like nice things in that regard to say, but at the end, I kind of feel a little weird about some of the things that it ends up saying about, um, uh, like one of the, one of the players in the game is this little old man and, uh, spoiler alert. Um, they pull a twist where this little old man is actually one of the, uh, the people that is behind the whole games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets really weird and like frustrating because it doesn't make sense that he would be doing this. But at the same time, like it is a nice little twist and actually makes everything that's going on kind of more meaningful, but also like less because it, it's just, it, it ends up sending like a weird signal because this guy is dying of like a brain tumor and like he's actually giving people like I, I don't want to say meaning because that's not correct, but he ends up like giving these people like 
the things that they need to make their life like uh like more i not stable but like stable <laughs> i i don't I don't know. It ends up making the whole thing feel very muddled and it, it almost feels like it's sending like a mixed message. And that's a little frustrating for me because up until that point, I'm like completely on board. Um, there's some other stuff that uh, I, I didn't like, like I think some of the story, uh, like one of the storylines is dr- just dropped. Like there's no real conclusion to it. Uh, and that's super frustrating, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it from almost beginning to end. Um, it's very fun. Uh, there's a lot of like really cool and neat little like gross out like horror gags type thing. Um, and yeah, uh, I think it's worth a watch. Hell yeah. I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, do it. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) I'll try. All right. Uh, Well, uh, I know we were texting earlier and you said that you had watched uh, a Naruto movie. Do you want to talk about that or just want to move on to our topic? It was cool. That's it. Okay. (laughs) No, it... um, it was called Naruto, uh, the movie, The Will of Fire. I don't know why they have to put the movie in the title of every one of their fucking movies. Like, we don't already know it's a movie by the hour and a half runtime. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but it was a super solid movie. The action was really cool. Um, the story doesn't matter because literally out of all ten Naruto movies, only the tenth movie is canon. The rest of them are just, like, just fan service bullshit like they don't they don't matter they're cool though they are they are really cool the stories are actually super fucking interesting in some of these movies i'm i'm saying plural because i watched a few but i only really uh i i enjoyed one more than the other and that was the will of fire and um yeah it 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 was cool if you like naruto it's fun if you don't like naruto or don't know anything about it you're gonna probably not enjoy it um the only bad thing i really have to say about this movie is while the action scenes i think were really incredible uh for the time the movie was made in i think it came out in 2008 uh for 2008 the animation standards the fights are pretty fucking spectacular um but during the rest of the movie it it, it like it looks it looked like the animators couldn't decide whether they wanted the movie to be in traditional animation or if they wanted to take a more CGI approach because like the movie kind of randomly swaps between the two at like random intervals like it, it's mostly traditional animation like hand drawn animation but then like the real heavy CGI just kind of comes in for like 10 seconds and then it goes back and it does that throughout the entire fucking movie um, so it, it, it was kind of weird and kind of threw me off a little bit, but, um, it was cool. It, it, it was solely a Kakashi movie and considering he's one of my favorite characters in the series, i actually really enjoyed it. Well, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any much of anything to say because <laughs> I, uh, 
look, man, I just read all 700 chapters of Naruto in two weeks, and I just finished reading or catching up on board again, uh, catching up on Boruto again today. I'm too invested at this point to not go ahead and watch these fucking movies, so I figured I might as well. I mean, yeah, might, might as well. Why not? Um, well, all right, then. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get into our uh, topic of the show. Um, Christmas is right around the corner, and as such, uh, you know, it is the season of giving. Uh, and in that spirit, uh, we wanted to do one last lighthearted topic uh, before we get into our sort of cutthroat game of the year episodes. Uh, so what might this topic entail exactly? Um, well, well, fine listeners. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some great choices for gifts this holiday season for the gamer in all of your homes. That is right. This is the official holiday shopping guide for Culture Pop. So sit down, grab a warm cup of cocoa, and listen to what we think is the perfect gifts for your gamer. Ooh. Uh, cool. Well, um, I listed out a couple different categories that I thought uh, would be fun for us to kind of tackle. Um, and uh, we both added some uh, some choices for those uh to the lists and I guess we'll start with uh, the good to buy regardless of the price um, meaning necessarily that there isn't necessarily a sell on them uh, and a couple of these I put further down on the list because there I felt like there were um, there were better choices for uh, categories um, so that's why they won't necessarily make an appearance here. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be perfect for th this list. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm just rambling now. Uh, but <laughs> so, uh, my first, uh, uh, pick for this is Ender Lily's Quietus of Nights. Um, so this is a Metroidvania that I've talked about uh, before um, is available on the Switch. Uh, let me see. I know it's available on the Switch. Um, the PS4. Uh, it should be available on almost every. Okay, here it is. Xbox One, the Series X and S, the Switch, the PS4, and uh, on PC. Um, it's only 25 bucks, which is part of the reason that I put it in the, uh, regardless of price thing. Cause I think that this game, uh, kind of regardless of, of the price that you would pay is a great mm. deal. Uh, you're, you'd only be paying 25 bucks for what is inevitably going to end up within my top 10 for game of the year. Um, I think it's worth every fucking penny. Mm. Um, and it's on all consoles, so it's not necessarily like something that you're going to have to uh, like take into account what that person owns, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think it's a great choice. 
you didn't write anything in here. Um, I did not. I couldn't. Um, I, I put there were a couple games that I felt like would go there, but I put them in uh, in the more exclusive categories like okay. later down on the list. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll pick my, uh, my or I'll say the second one that I have for this category uh, is Death's Door. Again, this is a uh, smaller game. Uh, it finally just came to all uh, consoles. Um, uh, what, within the last two weeks or so? Uh, up until then, I think it was only on... Um, Xbox and PC, uh, but it is now available on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, November 23rd, so almost exactly a week ago. Um, this one is a little uh, 3D isometric uh, action-adventure game that is very, very inspired by Legend of Zelda um, and is a sequel to a little game back from back in 2015 called Titan Souls. Um, this game is just so, 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 so good. Uh, I loved every second of my time with it, uh, much the same as Ender Lilies. And again, this is a, uh, a sort of budget game. It's only 20 bucks and it is, uh, it's one of my favorite games of the year. Um, I very, very much enjoyed this game. It's got a cute aesthetic. It's not very hard to play. Um, it can get harder uh, towards the end of the game, um, but not something that I uh, necessarily um, uh, would would say is like, it's not like a fucking Dark Souls game where it's like hard as nails type thing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I think it's worth every penny, um, regardless of the price that you pay. I'm sure that you can probably find it on sale, um, but I mean, for twenty bucks, you don't even have to worry about that. I think I think it's a great fucking game, uh, and honestly, is worth more than twenty dollars. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm honestly, I I've been super curious about that one for a hot minute. So that that might be have to have to be something that. Uh, pick up for myself this holiday season yeah i i think it's 100 percent worth it oh yeah that's um, that's the one you said that was a uh, kind of like loosely inspired by like the original legends zelda titles yeah yeah it's uh i mean it's it's very much one of those uh like top down old okay. school nes snes type zelda games see uh, um, I, I can i can rock with that okay yeah yeah i i really really enjoyed it the hell out of it hell yeah um, all right uh i'll let you go ahead and take the first game uh on this next category but the next category we have are games that are good to buy on sale uh and again these are kind of games that would be mostly good for everyone um one of them is rated m so if you are a parent and are looking for something a little less um like mature or something with like a little less language or violence or something like that maybe don't pick this one up um <laughs> but uh the 
the rest of them should be, I would say, relatively good for any age. Um, but yeah, games to good or games that would be good for buying on a sell. Uh, go ahead and take us away. Yeah, that would be um, our first pick here would be uh, Deathloop for PlayStation 5 and PC. If I have that correctly, I'm pretty sure those yeah. are the platforms. Um, I haven't played this one. I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard some not so good things, but I've heard more. I've heard more good things than uh, not so good things. But this is definitely a game that I myself am looking at. And if I catch it on a good price, like I would say 40, I I would say 40 would be the price that would that would uh, tempt me to pick that up. It looks super interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh so this is a game that I have yet to complete. Uh, and I was a thousand percent positive that this was going to be my game of the year. Um, I don't know what it is about it that isn't grabbing me, uh, the Mm -hmm. way that I thought it would. But, um, I, I tend to think that this is a, a good game, even at 60 or $70. Uh, I don't remember the exact price point, but, um, if you can find this on sale, I think it is totally worth any sort of sell price. Tell you. Um, yeah, yeah. That's cool. all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to go or if you wanted me to just do the whole category. Yeah, um, you go ahead and t- take it all. Uh, our next pick was uh, another one from Josh. Uh, Bravely Default 2, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Um, I'm not going to lie. From what I have seen of this game... This game would have to drop real low for me to buy it. I'm talking like 25 at the max. That is quite interesting for you to say, uh, considering that uh, one of your picks and the game that you're playing right now (laughs) is a top down fucking turn based RPG. (laughs) I just like everything I've heard about the story of of both this one and the first one. I'm just like... (sighs) I mean, it's cool. Like I, 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 especially when you, um, cause I believe you've talked about bravely default Two at least once on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounded very like, <sighs> this is going to sound so fucking dumb from a dude who has 80 hours on the most recent Pokemon game already. But like, it seems very tropey. Like it seems very like they took like 10 elements from 10 different JRPGs and threw it into one story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that that's part of the charm for me. Um, okay, I can I, see that though. I just th- this is the Bravely Default is the type of game I grew up playing on the mm-hmm. PS One, um, and for that very reason, that's why I uh, I personally highly recommend this game. If okay. you have that sort of affinity for like old nineties. JRPGs from the PS1 era like or or even from the SNES era like yeah this is worth every fucking penny to me um okay cool but I know that it's a hard sell f- with it being turn-based for a lot of people mm-hmm. and that's why I ended up putting it in the good to buy if it's on a sell because I as much as I like this sort of thing I know that it's not a genre yeah. that everyone enjoys. Do you 
this is just this is a side tangent. This is just something that I've noticed. Do you feel like there is a decline in interest of turn-based JRPGs as of the last couple of years? Oh, I I would say as part of like the last fucking decade or so. Really? Um yeah. Well, and and maybe even further back, I just I don't think w- once you got to where you could have technologically advanced um battle systems like what basically mm-hmm. once the PS2 came along I and you started seeing stuff like Kingdom Hearts or you uh, w- more specifically with like the Xbox 360 and PS3 generations when you had stuff like fucking Oblivion and Skyrim and the the Tales games that started becoming sort of action RPGs mm-hmm. once that stuff started happening it was a lot harder of a sell to have a, 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 for lack of a better term, less sophisticated battle system. I, I just feel like everybody wanted like the, the action all the time. And yeah, I can, that's not something I'm ever going to wish for. Honestly, I like, I like action RPGs, but I tend to think that, where you get the most like uh st- strategy or I, I i'm trying to think of the word to phrase this but like the the best sort of battle economy for me is always turn based i mm. i think there's so much more strategizing and like like for thinking sure. about what you're going to do uh, mm. in turn-based games than in action games. And it'll, it'll always be that sort of like way for me. Yeah. And like, it's kind of the charm of it. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I enjoy turn-based JRPGs much more than I enjoy any other, uh, you know, like subgenre or type of JRPG. Um, like for me with action RPGs, like, yeah, they, don't get me wrong. They can absolutely take some skill or, or, you know, a reasonable amount of skill. Like I, any of those hidden bosses from kingdom hearts, I have not beat a single goddamn one of those. Cause I am just not that. No, that's not for me. <laughs> um, uh, like the fucking Sephiroth and two, no, sir, you can keep that. I don't want it. <laughs> Fuck that dude. That's, Oh God, that's such an awful fight. Um, but as far as like turn based goes, like you in action in action RPGs, I feel like you whether people want to admit they do it or not, I feel like you can get away with doing a lot of just fucking button mashing mm-hmm. and not really having to think about what you're doing a whole lot. I 100 percent agree with that. But then as far as turn based, like you have to waste a turn to heal. You have to waste a turn to buff and debuff and you have to waste a turn to defend or attack and I, I think that's kind of the charm of it is like i actually have to sit there and be like okay what is my best possible option for this turn and i, I like that i fuck with that a little bit more than the action stuff so i i get you yeah yeah but um <clears throat> speaking of action jrpgs <laughs> uh the next one is monster hunter rise exclusively for the nintendo switch i put this one on here um it, I picked it up on launch day. I put probably, I don't know, man, maybe 10 hours into it. And I do really enjoy the game. I just like, oh boy, this is, that. that's too much grinding for me. Like I'm cool with the grind, but like that's too much. 
Monster Hunter was too much. So I, I think it's a great game to buy on sale. I just like, please be aware. It's a Monster Hunter game. If you don't know what they're like, please look them up beforehand before buying one. They are very time consuming and they are very grindy. But if that's your thing, it can be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it up until the point where I was having to do extremely tedious stuff to get the smallest reward. And I was like, "Ugh, I'm good. But um, other than that, it is a solid game. It does add uh, a lot to the franchise. There's some I, there's some cool like newer game, newer uh, gameplay modes that were added into the game that I just didn't get to experience because none of my friends picked that game up. I was the only one out of any of my friend groups that picked up that game, so I did. I feel like I I just haven't experienced the game to its fullest because Monster Hunter is very much like it's like Destiny. You can play it by yourself, but it's more fun to play it with other people. Um, but uh, super cool game. Uh, it's great if you can catch it on sale. It goes on sale routinely. I'm pretty sure it was on sale at Best Buy the other day for like thirty bucks. Um, so you can't beat half off. Um. But uh, kind of like how jo- how how Josh you know warned people about Deathloop, I wouldn't say that Monster Hunter Rise is extremely graphic, but there is the whole like hopping on top of animals and like slicing their throats and skinning their hides to make armor off of, and that can be something that you might not want uh, too young of a child to indulge in. So there's that. Keep that in mind. But other than that, the, the blood and gore is to a minimum. It's not like you actually see them carve the fucking hide off of the creature. You literally just press a button, the creature disappears and it pops in your inventory. So it's really not that bad. It's just the concept of skinning something to make armor out of it might not sit well for some people. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it's a solid choice. If you catch it on sale for a good price, I'm sure for Christmas, you'll be able to find it everywhere for 30 bucks. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Um, I don't have anything to say about Monster Hunter Rise because I I do not like those games. <laughs> <laughs> he said it is just not for me, and that's the thing about Monster Hunter. It is such a cool concept, but it is such a hard sell for some people. Like you, like I feel like people who play Monster Hunter, you're either a big fan of that franchise or it is just not for you, and there's no real in between. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Let's move on to our games that are good for children. Uh, I picked two here that I thought were, uh, I think, perfect for children. Um, The the problem being that some of these aren't on every console, so uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, And again, this is something that, like, I think there are a couple of games like later in like a different category that would totally work here as well. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, my first pick, uh, is, uh, of course, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, I think this is a game that is worth every fucking penny, uh, regardless of what you pay for it. Um, so you could pay the full 60 or 70 or whatever the hell it was. Um, or you could, Find it on on discount somewhere. I think it is worth every fucking penny. Uh, I've talked about it at length on this podcast before, so I'm not going to say anything else. We have a whole else. episode about it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, fucking great game. 
super, super fantastic game. Um, it was actually my first Ratchet and Clank game. I had never played one, and I really fucking enjoyed it. Um, I typically hate most modern platformers. Like, it's just not a genre that really stuck with me. Um, but I, I really like this one. I, the, I, the graphics were f- fucking astounding for most of the time. Uh, never really had any performance issues. The story was a little nonsensical when it got to the end, but, uh, it's a game about, uh, fucking sentient animals. Like I, you know, it it doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) This game is marketed towards kids. It's not going to have, you know, fucking NASA intellect story behind it. Um, but it was great. It played great. Everything was super cool. Uh, I felt like the puzzles were, I'm, I'm really stupid. I'm bad at puzzle games. I'm just, I'm not good at them. And I felt like the puzzles that were here, um, were relatively straightforward and very simple and would probably be very easy for a young child to, uh, comprehend and figure out really quick. So uh, definitely great for fucking kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it has a very compelling theme behind it uh, for kids as well with yeah, for sure. The, you know, looks at friendship and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah. Uh, so the next pick on, on in this category is um, a, uh, um, is another game that I, I have played. And I think th- this is something that, uh, I, I think is actually rated T. Um, so it might not work for everyone. Cause there, I, I think that there are also some sequences in here that are a little, uh, I don't say scary, but definitely are, are creepy to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a psychonauts too. Uh, this is another game that's, I think, really simple to wrap your head around. It's very much a, a character action platformer um, uh, that has a, a very nice uh, theme for kids to kind of like learn uh, in empathy for others. Um, I still haven't finished yet, so I can't say definitively that it ends up uh, like not turning to shit, but from what I have played of the game, uh, I don't think that it, uh, does. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I I think it's a, uh, fantastic gift for children. Um, uh, and it's also available on game pass. So if you, uh, would prefer not, um, you know, buying a game, uh, you could always just go with a Game Pass subscription and play it that way. Oh yeah, I I think it's super strange that it for the ESRB it's rated T, but then it's rated Peggy Seven for other. Yeah, that's movies. that is weird. What? <laughs> that's a very that's that's a fairly different like age group that's kind of odd but i whatever i guess maybe they're maybe they're more lenient than we are uh what what is peggy for exactly what uh that is the english uh gotcha, board for gotcha, games gotcha. no but maybe they're more lenient than we are i don't i, I don't know but yeah, that's maybe. fucking odd 
totally possible. I don't know. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, when we get into the, the stuff for specific platforms, there will definitely be, um, more, uh, I, I guess conversation to be had about sort of like children's games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, um, Yeah, uh, let's move on to the next category. <laughs> uh, so these were uh, good for per- for the person who wants to spend a vast amount of time in a video game. Um, these were ones that I picked up purely for like l- long-term playing um, where you can really kind of get the, the most bang for your buck. Uh, my first pick on this was Hitman 3. Um, which again, I, I think I've talked about pretty solidly at length on this game, uh, at, on this podcast about, but this is a game that very much is like infinitely replayable. You can fucking spend hundreds and hundreds of hours playing this game, trying to get, you know, your times down to the, to killing your target to the lowest percentage possible. Like, I mean, really just about any sort of like criteria you want to impose upon yourself. You can fucking do, uh, or you don't have to do that at all. And you can just fucking, you know, play the game. Um, and I think it excels whatever way you want to play it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a really good game, uh, and fantastic for, uh, the, Price point, regardless of sell or not. Um, yeah, good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other one I got is actually one that I haven't played uh, the literal uh, game, but I've played this game before. Uh, it's Far Cry <laughs> 6. <laughs> uh, so I haven't actually ever played Far Cry 6. It's not a game that I've actually legitimately played. Um, but, uh, I've played almost every other Far Cry of the modern era. Um, and they're all (laughs) basically the fucking same game. If you played Far Cry five, you played this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and these games uh, again are just infinitely replayable. You can Mm. go in there and fuck around in the world as much or as little as you want. Mm. Uh, and it's always a fucking blast to do. Um, so yeah, if if you're into big first person shooters, um, that kind of like, let you do really kind of whatever the fuck you want, then this is a game that I think is perfectly suited for that. Oh yeah. That's uh, definitely one I've been looking at, but again, like I said, I played Far Cry five, so I kind of feel like I already played this one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Well, no. Well, um, you want me to take the next one? or Yeah, yeah. you okay. go ahead and take okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so the next one is good to buy for the RPG player. Um, our first pick was Tales of Arise, uh, available on PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, I, for some reason, I thought this game was available on PC, but I could not find anywhere that said it was, so I, I don't know. Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... I actually don't think that it is, weirdly enough. 
I could have sworn I saw something on, I saw like an advertisement on Steam for it, but then when I looked it up, it just says PlayStation and Xbox, so man, maybe it is just those. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. It looks really cool. It just looks like an action RPG, and I'm, I'm going to pick it up eventually. Do you have any thoughts on it, Josh? Uh, I, so I own this game. I haven't been able to play it yet. Um, just other stuff has gotten in the way, but I can speak to the critic reviews, uh, that have all been really positive on this. Uh, I mean, it is up for best RPG at the game awards and I really like the Tales series of games. Um, they're always very fun. So I happen to think that this would be a good pickup. Oh yeah. I don't know. Um, it may not be. <laughs> Fuck. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll edit this podcast uh, in a couple of days and be like, nope, tried it. Game shit. Who knows? The game we'll see. Garbaggio. Uh, uh, yeah. Our next pick was uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, available on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. I did actually, I, I have played this for like an hour or two. Um, but uh, Mass Effect is seriously a fantastic fucking series. Um, I can't speak to three because I never finished it, um, but I did finish the first two, um, not on this legendary edition, but just, you know, on rel- original releases. Um, and I will say that it, it, in my humble opinion, Mass Effect 2 is just one of the greatest RPGs ever. I fucking adore that game. Um, I just played the shit out of it in high school and just didn't really feel like replaying it. I, I picked it up on launch day. Uh, just haven't, I, I think, I think right around then other things I was a little slightly more interested in started coming out and I kind of just forgot that I even fucking own this. Um, <laughs> but it, this is fantastic for people who, uh, like, like our very own, uh, Dylan, uh, this is fantastic for people who missed the original release, and now you can play them all together on whatever modern console of your choice, except the Switch, because it can't handle it. Um, <laughs> I, I really feel like they probably wanted to put that on Switch, and then they were like, mm, wait, no, that's not possible. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a great game to go on Switch. I just, good luck uh, being able to fit even one of them on a cartridge. Good fucking luck with that. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <coughs> and then our... Uh, you good, bro? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, it's funny that it uh, it wasn't... Um, like, it, I think you're right that it would be a fun game on the Switch, but, like, for whatever reason, we, we can get Control, a game that definitely fucking should not run on the switch. I mean, technically it's like the cloud version or whatever. Yeah. I was like, about to say it's cloud. It's, so it's like, eh. but, but it's still like, it's on the switch and the, these motherfuckers aren't putting mass effect on the switch. Like, come on, man. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude? I think it's so frustrating that they're releasing all the kingdom hearts games on switch, but they're all cloud. I'm like, bro, these games came out in 2002. Dude, they came on the PS2. Like, what are what you do doing? You mean? <laughs> if the switch can handle Shin Megami Tensei three, I think it can handle kingdom hearts one and two at minimum. Yeah. Come on, bro. What are yeah. you guys doing? Just uh, get your shit together. Square Enix. Yeah. I, I do want to echo the sentiments that you, you said though. I mass effect is a really, really great trilogy of games. Uh, it doesn't quite stick the landing for me, um, but the games are still fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's it's again this is one of those things it's it's worth every penny <laughs> oh absolutely the amount of time you're gonna spend here for sixty dollars is pretty ridiculous yeah honestly um <clears throat> speaking of time consuming uh our next pick is Shin Megami Tensai 5 available on exclusively on the Nintendo Switch? Um, I, for anyone that listens to this podcast, you would know that I recently became an Atlas fanboy. Um, I don't, I love everything that they do, and this is no exception. Shin Megami Tensai 5 is fucking incredible. I've only got maybe five or six hours, but it is. I feel like I can't say this, but out of out of the two, <laughs> out of the two that I've played, uh, this has definitely been my favorite Shin Megami Tensei experience. Um, obviously, I have a lot more experience in the Persona franchise, but you know they're they're close. Um, they're both turn based JRPGs with demons, but uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is super great. I think it's worth it's absolutely worth the sixty bucks. I if you're if you're a fan of JRPGs and you know this is another one of those things where this could have easily gone somewhere else on the list. Um, this is gonna t- it's it, it's an Atlas game. It's gonna take you a fairly long amount of time, and it is worth every minute and dollar that you will spend with it. And it's a fantastic game. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, I like the Persona games, so I can semi vouch for this. Uh, I've. I heard that they're very, very different, though, so I'm not going to 100% vouch for it. <laughs> they're like the Dark Souls of JRPGs. Oh. That's not even a joke, dude. Shin Megami Tensei Five is hard. Holy shit. I, that's another disclaimer. It, they, it is a very difficult game. Um, I'm super into turn-based RPGs. It's, I, I feel like I've played more of that than I have any other genre just ever in my whole fucking life. Um. But this, these are this isn't like the, it's not a turn-based JRPG that you can go in with a Pokemon mindset where you're just only going to use moves that deal damage the whole fucking time. Uh, buffs and debuffs are your best fucking friend in this franchise, and if you don't learn that, you'll have a miserable goddamn time. Um, I'm pretty sure the first boss of uh, SMT Five took me like <sighs> took me like ten solid tries before I finally fucking got it. It it's a very difficult game, so I guess a little disclaimer. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh next up we've got uh good to buy for your Xbox owners. Um this is any Xbox uh past the 360. So any sort of Xbox One owner going forward. Um Really, two of the we so we bought or we put two of these picks down, um, and they actually come compassed in the first pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't so, think about that. <laughs> well, so I wanted to put this out there because, uh, so one, I, I'm one of the people who like when I, I like getting gifts, I think that it is fun, but. Um, I also don't think that it is 100% necessary for people to spend all of their, um, like mental and emotional energy, like going out to try to find out what I may or may not like, uh, as a gift. Like, I don't want you to like put yourself out trying to figure out what to get me for the holidays. Right. It's just not what I want you to do. Um, so this first pick for me, or well, actually, I should say 
So when it comes to like Christmas and stuff and people are asking me, well, what kind of stuff would you like? I'm always just like, just give me a gift card. I'll pick it up myself. Like, honestly. And, and I know that that rubs some people the wrong way because, uh, it's one of those things that like they put the thought and the time and the effort into the gift. But like, it is one of those things that where I, I am just like, no, it's okay. I'll pick it out. The fact that you got me a gift card to get whatever I want is like totally fine. It's not going to, it's not going to bother me that you put less time and effort or whatever. Um, I think that's a, a dumb notion anyway, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. The, the first pick here is a, is a, they sell cards for game pass subscriptions, I think in one and three month, uh, intervals. Uh, that is a perfect gift for any Xbox owner, I think. Um, oh. or even a PC owner. Really? Yeah, that too. But, uh, yeah. Great. Um, so, uh, do you have any, any thoughts on, on game pass subscriptions? <laughs> I, I mean, I think if you own a PC and an Xbox and you don't have game pass, I think you're dumb. I mean, that's, it's, it's literally the ultimate subscription bundle. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you have all these first party, fantastic games like Halo Infinite that where the multiplayer is out, but the rest of the game will be coming on December 8th. Um, you've got that, you've got Forza Horizon, you've got, um, or Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I saw that they recently added stuff like Stardew Valley and, uh, another Final Fantasy. I don't remember which one it was, but they did just add a Final Fantasy. Um, <sighs> Minecraft, uh, Minecraft is just yeah, fucking such a yeah. time waster. Um, but it's great, especially on PC. Like, I... I don't even own an Xbox anymore, uh, but I still have Game Pass for PC because I, it's just perfect. Playing Halo on my PC is great, so Game Pass is super rad. Lots of access to cool games, and and the the other thing about Game Pass too is the library is is constantly changing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they add more stuff like every like once a month, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's all, I know they're, they're adding. They, stuff I know they take all the time. stuff off too. You know, every now and then, but um. Yeah, they're they're constantly adding shit to Game Pass, and it just makes it you know even even more of a a, a bang for your buck. And then this year, uh, I think it was this year where they incorporated EA Play in with Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So that is just a whole other catalog of games that that is made available to, uh, available yep. to you, like the Crisis trilogy and Battlefield and Anthem. If you hate yourself. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate that game so much, but uh, yeah, Game Pass is fucking awesome. And it you you're I feel like if you own a PC or an Xbox, you are absolutely missing out on not only uh, savings because it, it definitely saves you a lot of fucking money. I'd much rather spend fifteen bucks a month than drop a hundred and twenty bucks on Forza and Halo. Yeah, um, but it, it not only saves you money, but I feel like Game Pass is great for. Uh, getting you out of your comfort zone a little bit and trying games that you might not have gone out of your way to buy, but they're here for free. One hundred percent free. Um, so they're you know that makes them a little more worth a try. So yeah, I love Game Pass. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Um, that said, uh, another game that is surely going to be in my top ten, uh, possibly even top five, 
uh, and is a must-own for Xbox owners. Uh, I think it's Forza Horizon 5. If mm. you want to buy a physical gift uh, or something of, of that nature for your Xbox owner, uh, Forza Horizon 5 is... It, Regardless of whether or not they like uh, cars, this game is just so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not a car guy. Like I, I, I don't really care for that kind of stuff. And I ha- am just having such a blast playing this game. There is so much stuff to do that isn't even like necessarily related to cars. Like, uh, I, I mean, it is right. Cause you're in a car like the entire time, yeah. but like what I mean is like, it's not just racing all the time. Uh, like you, if you really want to, all you have to do in that game is play the little intro and then you can just like fucking drive around and just see the scenery. Uh, but they have all kinds of other little stuff that you can do. Like there's a little, um, uh, ha- ha- I-, I guess it's the car version of a battle royale called the eliminator where you go in and you uh, like go in head to head races against like one another. And it is so fucking fun or they have little playground games uh, or they're called like arcade games or something like that where like uh, you play like zombies and you have to like, like um, crash into uh, other cars to infect them or they have like all of these little like challenges that you can do where you like, you're trying to get like the fastest, uh, speed time uh, underneath this like little, uh, I, I guess it would be a speed detector, um, or like jumping the furthest off of a ramp or, you know, like f- getting the fastest time through a, a trail that like, isn't, um, like ha- hasn't actually been like, uh, finalized yet. Like there's not like a road on it type thing. Um, it's, it's more just like you're carving your own trail. Uh, anyway, there, there's just, there's so much fucking stuff to do in this game and it's all so much fun. Um, I'm having so much fun playing this game. It, yeah, I can't say much more about it. (laughs) Um, I, I can also echo the point. Uh, I, I'm not a car guy in the slightest. If you pop the hood on a car, I can tell you where the engine is and that's it. <laughs> I don't know anything else. Um, but this game is a whole lot of fucking fun. Um, just the fact that I can take all these cars and I can completely, uh, I mean, more or less from what I've seen, customize every fucking tiny detail about these cars that you fucking want to. And you can get some killer designs to go on the sides of them um and it's it's a whole lot of fun super great love it yeah that's that's another thing that i i think is a uh um overlooked uh aspect of the game is the community around it is just full of so many people who like really care about the game and like are willing to like sit and take time out of their day to make like paint job designs. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Some of the shit they have on there too, man. Like you can, uh, like I'm a weeb. So of course that's the first thing that I look for. You know, I look for anime related, uh, uh, skins and, and paint jobs and stuff. 
and I've like there's some really cool Naruto ones. There's some awesome designed uh, uh, Evangelion ones, and they're anything you could want to put on the side of a car, you can fucking find it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, uh, with with that said, uh, the other pick I think it, that is from the both of us um, that you put on here was Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what are your your feelings on Halo Infinite? I I obviously I've only played the multiplayer so far. We haven't gotten the campaign yet. Um, I'm, yeah, it's three four three, so I don't know. Um, but the multiplayer is incredible, dude. I, I absolutely love, uh, five's multiplayer. I know that that's kind of a hot take that I kind of think that five is the best multiplayer like ever. I mean, maybe, Ooh, maybe, maybe take. not from, maybe not aside from reach. I, I think I, I still kind of feel like reach is my favorite multiplayer. Um, but, uh, Halo five is a close second, dude. I absolutely loved Halo five's multiplayer. And I honestly, I, I like Infinite even more. I would play it more if I just wasn't fucking garbage at it. Um, but it's super fun, man. I, they they managed to they managed to make it feel nostalgic, but also feel new at the same time and, and different and you know uh, innovated. Um, and I I will say too. Uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer when it launched, uh, is this still, like, is this, it's still considered in the beta, right? Or is it just the multiplayer, just straight up, just the final version of it? Uh, I don't think it's the final version. Um, okay. I, I think I that they're implementing some changes, but it is, I think, very, very close to what the final version is going to be. Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, as far as a just a multiplayer game goes in general... This is the most polished I think I've seen a multiplayer game feel for me personally on release. Like this is the first one I I, I felt that way towards in in a while. Like maybe like two years or more. It, like it it just feels very like like it just feels like Halo. Like it feels like Halo always has, with the exception of four. And I love it. It's it's great. I'm I'm so excited for the full game to release. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm very excited to uh, continue playing more of this game. Um, I, I I don't know that there's much more that I can say, really. Uh, I think it's great. It's Halo. No, it's Halo, you know? Yep, it is Halo. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you want to take the, uh, the next uh, next one there? Sure. Um, this one is good to buy for the PlayStation owners. And uh, our first pick is Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Um, I have put a lot more time in Ghost of Tsushima this year than I did the year it came out. Um, yeah, mostly after picking up the Director's Cut for PlayStation 5. And oh boy, I... I think it's my favorite PlayStation exclusive just like in general that I've played off of the PS4. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's worth every fucking penny, especially this definitive edition. Uh, as of right now, it is still my, f- uh, actually, I don't really know that I can say that because technically, you know, persona is a PlayStation exclusive. So I feel like that's still higher, but <laughs> ghost of Tsushima is a close second. It, it, it very, very solid game and probably 
it's pro- I think Ghost of Tsushima is the most fun I've had with a game of that genre in a hot fucking minute. And I, I really enjoyed every second of it. I haven't finished it. I think I'm like halfway through the campaign because um, I just I keep I, I'll pick it up, play it for like six hours and then I'll never touch it again for like two months. Um, not because I, I have any any ill feelings towards it. I just my brain just goes burr and I can't do it. So um, but it's a fantastic game. Yeah, I, I it's our game of the year from last year for a reason. Oh yeah, it was. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, um yeah, worth worth every every penny. Again, it's it's one of those things literally worth every penny. Mhm. Um oh. Uh my bad. Uh our next pick was Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade. Um I don't have a lot of experience with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I haven't played the Intergrade PS5 upgrade. Um, I have only played the uh, you know base version of the remake for a couple hours, and uh, I mean it's a solid game. It's a remake of of what I think is probably one of the most notorious and most iconic JRPGs of all time. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's one of those games where. If you were interested in it, you probably already definitely picked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't. Maybe maybe somebody in your house is new to the whole JRPG and they haven't experienced it yet. And that's it. Might you know that'd be a pretty cool pick to hand them because, uh, like I said, I'm I, in my opinion, I kind of feel like Final Fantasy VII is one of the most iconic JRPGs of just all time. Um, so I, I, it's a great pick. Yeah, I. Um I echo every bit of that. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is a game that I very much love. Uh, I mean, until the ending. Um, great game. Uh, I think it made it into my top five last year. If it didn't, it was like right on the outside of my top five. Uh, very good game. And this remake intergrade comes with the the DLC with Yuffie uh, and with uh, some cosmetic upgrades uh, like to the lighting and stuff like that. Um, it's just it's a good game. Check it out. Um, all right. I will introduce this category and then I'll let you pretty much take it away because it's almost entirely all yours. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but this true. is the good to buy for your switch owners. Uh, and I, I want to make, uh, make it known that uh, again, a lot of these picks could have been, uh, put into the, um, for your children category type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although the, I will say this, I don't think that there's a single game on this list that is below full price because Nintendo never it's puts Nintendo. their shit on sale. <laughs> no, they don't ever because uh, they know that you're going to buy it full price anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah, so our picks for this were Super Mario World 3D Bowser's Fury. I haven't played this. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I actually think I have it. I just haven't played it for whatever fucking reason. Um, I keep hearing a lot of good things about it. Uh, I'm going to get to it eventually. But from what everyone I know that's played it, they've absolutely fucking loved it. And if you have a Switch, I I definitely think this is a must-buy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not played, actually, this 30, uh, or not 30, this um, Nintendo Switch version of this game. Uh, But I played it on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this uh, is maybe the 
purest distillation of what Mario should be uh, as a 3D platformer. I really fucking love this game. Um, yeah, uh, I th- I think it's worth every penny. But. Oh yeah, I I, I want to get to it. May- maybe next year we'll see. Um, <clears throat> our next pick, or my next pick, I guess I should say, was uh, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, this is obviously the newest set of Pokemon games that released uh, on November nineteenth, so almost two weeks ago. Um, I have a very hot take about these games that you'll hear in probably like twenty minutes. Um, I, I cannot recommend these games enough, dude. I, um, I mean, I got it for Josie. This was Josie. Yeah, Josie has loved Pokemon ever since I think she was able to fucking talk and understand what was happening. Um, and, uh, we got to, uh, go pick up our Pokemon games together on launch day, which is honestly one of the coolest feelings that I think I've ever fucking had. Cause this is a franchise that I've loved my whole life. And now my daughter is here at the store with me also waiting for to get our copies on launch day. And it's a strange feeling and I love it. And I think that it is a <laughs> I think it's more than just a fantastic game. And, and like I said, I'll explain that later. But it, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's Pokemon. <laughs> it, you play a Pokemon <laughs> game. You've played this one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's Pokemon. They're kind of all the same. Uh, our next, uh, my next one is, I, I was really hesitant to push this one, but I did because, uh, I feel like Nintendo is, um, much more of a family system, uh, than opposed to, uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation. Like I, maybe it's because I'm a Nintendo fanboy, but I, I would be more, uh, I, I would be, I, I would buy my kids a Switch before I would buy them an Xbox or a PlayStation. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I'm putting Animal Crossing here. It did come out last year. However, Animal Crossing is still killing it. So there are apparently still people that haven't picked it up. Um, super great game for kids. Uh, I know that Animal Crossing helped a not only a lot of adults, but e- even a lot of like high school and middle school uh uh, age children get through the pandemic and it was super awesome for that. Um, you know, people were having like, uh, like I saw on TikTok, uh, a whole class of kids went out and bought uh, Nintendo switch lights and got animal crossing and had their graduation on animal crossing. Um, I, I think it's a super rad game. Uh, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of it because I'm just not into that whole daily life simulator kind of thing. It just didn't, even though I do like Stardew Valley, uh, Animal Crossing just didn't hit with me like I feel like it did the rest of the entire human population. Um, but it, it's super solid choice. Yeah. Uh, I, you you mentioned that it was still selling really well. Uh, did you see how much it's selling? I have not. I, I just know okay. it's selling very good. It's the second best selling Nintendo Switch game. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that. I, I think yeah. it and honestly, I think it entered that spot like summer of last year, and I think it's just steadily stayed there. If I'm not mistaken, because that I mean, that game yeah, probably. Um, it is. I, I, uh, if I if I have my numbers correct, and and I might not, but if I have my numbers correct, uh, it is somewhere close to forty million uh, units sold, and the. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> and the fucking oh, the shit. switch 
is at just under or over. I don't remember the uh, specifics, but 90 million, uh, which means that roughly one out of every three switch owner <laughs> owns Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's crazy. That is a crazy <laughs> yeah. thing to think about. I think it's uh, I, it was the same way with uh, Breath of the Wild if, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep, yeah, Breath of the Wild. I'd have to look it up because uh, I, I think I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about the numbers. Um, but mm. uh, Breath of the Wild was somewhere near like twenty or thirty million. Um, so it's, it it was in like the top, uh, probably top five sold or something like that. Yeah. I see that Mario Kart is the number one game, which I guess we could, uh, now that I think about it, we could probably throw that here too. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't picked it up yet. Mario Kart eight is, uh, I I feel like there are going to be a lot of, a lot of people going into the switch this year. Now, you know, uh, now that the OLED came out, some people might have been waiting or, you know, whatever, whatever reason. Um, Mario Kart eight is another, I guess, honorable mention that I'll throw in here real quick. Uh, it's literally the most sold game on the console. So apparently people fucking love it. Um, but yeah, uh, our next, our final pick for this one was, uh, uh, Mario Party Superstars. I kept thinking it was called Super Mario Party, but then I remember that's the that's the bad one. Mario Party Superstars is the new one. That's the good one. Um, this is a game that I can personally attest to. Uh, me and Madison picked this up, uh, I think, like three weeks ago and uh, invited a couple friends over and just got some snacks and just had a fucking blast playing Mario Party. Um, this is, to me, this is the definitive Mario Party experience that Super Mario Party, uh, that released in 2018 should have been, but it wasn't for some reason. And Nintendo really listened to all the complaints that everybody had to say about it. And then they came back with Mario Party Superstars and was just like, well, I hear all of you complaining. Fuck you. Here's what you wanted. And thank God they gave it to us because this is a fantastic game. Uh, it's great. Honestly, I think it's fun to play by yourself uh, for a little while. It's, you know, fun with friends. It's fun with family. It, it, it's a great pastime. It's a great thing to have for, like, uh, like kickbacks and stuff like that. And it, it is, it's a rad game. I, I really appreciated this game and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I haven't played a Mario Party since the uh, the one on 3DS. Well, mm. I think there are actually a couple on 3DS. But, um, yeah, I always love Mario Party. They're just, they're dumb fun games is it wild that this is my first mario party uh yeah it is actually yeah. i think i think that my that's first a mario party fucking weird thing i don't know i've always been more of a smash bros guy uh i mean fair enough that's usually the uh the big the big uh, uh nintendo party game that i usually gravitate to yeah yeah fair enough um, well, that is, uh, that's it for our, our main topic. Uh, are, are there any other, uh, games that you wanted to, uh, talk about before, um, there uh, are, there aren't any other games that I want to talk about. However, I, I did want to throw a, uh, honorable mention to, uh, and of course, you know, you can chime in if you have anything that you think relates, uh, to not just video games, but also tech that's required to play said video. Ah, oh, yeah. Good um, call. 
I had originally intended to do something like that, but uh, I didn't like when I came in, I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about the games that people should buy. Mm-hmm. There, there's also just so much of it, too, man. Uh, th- there's so much to talk about when you want to get into tech and stuff like that. Um, my biggest mention is I know that for the unforeseeable future, um, GameStop, it, I, I mentioned it last episode, GameStop will give you $280 for trading credit for a Switch. That's that's almost retail. Um, 70 more dollars and you have yourself an OLED. And it is absolute, absolutely worth the upgrade experience. The reason why I'm saying it here is because I'm 90% sure that uh, that large trade-in amount is, is for like the holiday promotions and shit like that. Um, so if you wanted to upgrade now is kind of your time to do that. Now is honestly, I think your best time to do that. If you don't feel like shelling out a full $350 straight out of your pocket, um, the OLED is absolutely worth upgrading from a standard switch to, uh, in my opinion, I'm, it's not something I would have paid $350 for, but if you do what I did and just trade your switch into GameStop and just take the money, then you're golden. Um, and that, that's it for me as far as tech goes, unless you have anything like super big. Yeah, no, uh, the only thing I was going to, I was going to even like remotely mention was, um, was grabbing like additional controllers or, or, you know, something like that uh, if they're on, on sale. Cause the one thing that I think, uh, a lot of people, I, I do think kind of forget when they buy their kids consoles or something like that is like. It only comes with one controller now. It, it doesn't come like it did back in the day where, you know, you would get um, two or th- sometimes with like the Nintendo. Uh, I feel like the 64 came with like four controllers at one point. Um, I think there were I think there were versions of the 64 that you could buy at certain retailers that had uh, four controllers. Oh, OK. Yeah. So maybe I think, that's what I, I'm I think about. the standard was two. But then there were. um there were like bundle versions that you could buy at like I, I honestly think that was a Toys R Us thing back in the day. Was uh they had a version of the sixty four that uh was sold with four controllers. Okay. Yeah. For like so that's probably what price. I'm thinking of. Probably. Um but yeah, I, I I definitely think that it's always worth picking up a second controller, especially if you got your kids a new console. Um Yeah. Especially if you're getting stuff like Mario Party Superstars and mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, like family stuff, like st- stuff that they can invite friends over and play together. Like you want to make sure you have enough controllers for everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. So for sure, I echo that. Um, yeah. So let's get into what we've been playing. Um, I'll go ahead and let you start. Um. <laughs> Okay, because <laughs> um, I, I think you're going to have a li- maybe not more to say about your game, but I, I think that you. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the only game I've played in the last two weeks has been Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. And I mentioned earlier that I kind of had a hot take about this game, and I do. Um I think that this is hands down the best Pokemon game that's released since 2010. I think it is the best Pokemon game that's come out since, honestly, since Gen 5, but I, I mean, really, since the original Generation 4 release. Um, these games are absolutely incredible, dude. I, I know that, 
you know, a lot of people were kind of thrown off by the chibi art style that um, uh, Ilka is it Ilka or Ika? I, I don't know. I, I have no say. idea. I think it's Ilka. Um, but uh, like like a lot of people, I was kind of thrown off by the chibi art style at first. But then you know they explained it more. They said, "Oh, this is." going to be a faithful remake of the originals. I was like, okay, well then the I'm kind of cool with the chibi then cuz it's just it it's just a 3D version of the original games, you know? There's no like real crazy graphic upgrades, but it's just modern Pokémon, but in like a more chibi art style to kind of resemble those original releases. Um and uh, dude, it honestly it grew on me after after playing for about 2 or 3 hours, dude. I was like, I I really fucking like this art style. Um, I do have some complaints with the game, like the fact that, uh, every remake that we've had so far, so that would be, uh, Fire Red, Leaf Green for Gen 1, uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver for Gen 2, and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire for Gen 3. All three of those remakes, uh, they incorporated the, uh, third version. They incorporated story elements from the third versions into those games, um, I, I, with the exception, now that I think about it, of Fire Red and Leaf Green, they added a bunch of shit, but they didn't add anything from like Yellow or Pokemon Following You or anything like that. Um, they added a lot of story content, but then Heart Gold and Soul Silver, they added the uh, Suicune storyline from Crystal into uh, the 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 main release of the remakes, um, and that was fucking awesome because it was a little different of a perspective. Um, and then with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, after you complete the uh, after you complete the main story and you get into the post game, you get the Delta episode, which is uh, a brand new uh, story sequence revolving around Rayquaza, who was the uh, box mascot for Pokemon Emerald, which you know this is the sister version of Ruby and Sapphire. Um, so I'm kind of bummed that they didn't do that here. They're there are some platinum elements, but the story is 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 ninety eight percent diamond and pearl, which I don't I don't really hate because I think their stories are fine. Because honestly, the only real story difference between platinum and diamond and pearl is platinum has like a, a thirty minute dungeon, like a, a an extra dungeon that probably takes you a solid thirty a solid thirty to forty minutes. Um, but it, it, it's it's some of the other stuff like I, I think it was kind of dumb to I'm weird about stuff like that when I play Pokemon games like they kept the Pokedex to 150, which was uh, and it's actually the exact same Pokedex from Diamond and Pearl. They didn't change anything. All of the Pokemon that spawn are in the exact same places. Um, most of the story is beat by beat the exact same thing. Um, I, I was actually watching a video about it and you can, uh, you, you could pull up a strategy guide that was released for the original games and it will completely carry you through the remakes. I mean, that, that's how faithful they wanted to stick to it. Um, and so what they did to kind of balance that out is, uh, because the Pokedex in, in, in Diamond and Pearl was not great, um, at all. It was very unbalanced. I think there's two fire types in the entire fucking game until you hit post game, which is absolutely ridiculous, but whatever. Um, and to kind of fix that, this game uh, changed one of 
one of the community's favorite things about Diamond and Pearl, which was the underground. It was a fun mini game where you got to go down and play with your friends and dig for treasure and fossils and stuff like that. You can still do all that here, but then they added like tons of these like hideaways, like these little caves that you go into and there's just Pokemon everywhere, just walking around in the overworld. And to kind of balance out Diamond and Pearl's Pokedex, they took they took the Pokemon that were added to the Pokedex and Platinum and made them available here in the underground. So they're not going to register in the Pokedex. Like, you won't see them, but they're they're there. You can go down there and catch them at any time. And, and it's cool. It's a nice little improvement. And uh, I, dude, I, I think maybe I just didn't realize. I think it had been so long that maybe I just didn't remember how much I really enjoyed Diamond and Pearl. But, like, dude, I, I got... Playing through Brilliant Diamond, I I got a feeling that I haven't felt for this franchise in a very, very long fucking time. Um, I I feel like ever since Gen 5, Pokemon as Pokemon games have been on a uh pretty steep decline. And I, like I feel like this game did a perfect job at capturing the franchise at its peak. Um, or at least it was the peak for me. Um, another wonderful thing that I think this game does is obviously it has modern, it has more, all the modern quality of life improvements that the last few games have, uh, which to some people's hate uh, is the experience share. I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, and I think Josh, you had brought it, brought it up asking me and Dylan how we felt about it. And uh, it said that, you know, that's something that you might actually like in a Pokemon game. And I, I will say that Everyone who was upset that the experience share was uh, going to be the way it was in Diamond and Pearl, where you can't turn it off, uh, most of those people are thankful for it now uh, because they they kept the difficulty from the original Diamond and Pearl titles, which were actually relatively hard for a Pokemon game. They kept the difficulty, but then at the end, they ramped that shit the fuck up. Uh, for whatever reason, Ilka decided to take the Elite Four and the champion Cynthia, who is, in my opinion, and I think most every Pokemon fan's opinion, is the hardest champion battle to date. They took her and they made it worse. I don't know how. I, I don't know why, but they made it worse. Um, all of the Elite Four and champion, their Pokemon have competitive movesets. They have competitive items to uh, complement those movesets. Uh, their stats are spread competitively, and they are just a fuck. The AI is incredible. I mean, they will kick your fucking ass. I'm pretty sure. I, if I remember correctly, it took me 11 attempts uh, to beat the champion uh, for Brilliant Diamond, and that's nuts because that has not happened in a long. Dude, I don't remember the last time that I lost a Pokemon battle on a Pokemon game because they've just been so easy for the last. 11 years um and, and this game brought that challenge back and it, it brought that like real feeling of satisfaction i had upon finishing a game that again i i haven't felt from a pokemon game in a very long time um i can't i can't say definitively that i think that this is going to be my game of the year um because i i still i want to give shin megami 5 the fair shot and get through it first before I really make that decision. But I, I definitely going to think it's, it's going to be between those two. Cause that these games are great, dude. And, and 
even for you, Josh, as somebody who lost interest in the franchise, I would honestly say if you get the chance to give these games a shot. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always want to give Pokemon another chance. It's just, it's a, it's a matter of balancing my time with, Mm -hmm. with what I want to do basically. And, um, one more quick note and and then I, I think I'm done. Um, another thing that, um, I do want to mention is diamond and pearl are also relatively longer than your typical Pokemon game. They like the main story for these games are very beefy. And I think, I think when I finished the elite four, I clocked in at about 30 hours. Whereas sword and shield took me like nine or 10. Like that's, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Um, diamond and pearl was always relatively long. Um, and then they, Oh boy. Um, one of the, one of the cool things that they added here for returning players was, uh, after you complete the, uh, the elite four in the main story, you can go, uh, you can go in the underground and while you're digging, you find these little items called mysterious shards. Uh, you take them back up into the overworld and there is a new park, uh, added at the very bottom of the map called Ramadas park. You take these shards that you find in the underground and you, uh, trade them for these things called slates. And the different slates uh, summon uh, legendary Pokemon. And they are every legendary Pokemon from uh, all past generations. Um, well, up to Generation 4. This game does not... It has no Pokemon past uh, what was introduced in Gen 4. Um, however, for the completionist, uh, every single Pokemon with the exception of two mythicals i believe that you know are given away in events and stuff um every pokemon in the pokedex from gen 1 to gen 4 is available between the two versions of this game you can absolutely complete the national decks uh all the way up to what is currently available and i think that that's really fucking cool um and it's definitely something i'm probably gonna do before the year's over okay yeah cool very cool um well that was Pokemon Pokemon talk I'm I'm sure you guys are going to get a uh, a whole new episode uh special oh, episode yeah, dedicated are. to just Pokemon here as in the coming weeks As soon as Dylan feels better Yeah as soon as Dylan feels better as soon as um, I'm not dying anymore So yeah uh Well with that said I'm going to talk about my game and potential game of the year candidate uh, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which I actually just finished today. Um, so, yeah, um, I remember saying in the Discord about a month or so before this game came out that, uh, I didn't know what some people were thinking uh, by saying uh, like that, that basically that they weren't going to give this game a chance because I was very much a, I think this game is going to be no less than like good type thing. Uh, and I, I do think that there were some people out there who were like, this game's going to be bad, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was really kind of surprised by that uh, for, I, I think a, 
a, a couple of different reasons. One, because it was Eidos Montreal and Eidos Montreal has to, I mean, personally how I feel never made a, a bad game. Um, like they are the studio that's behind, um, uh, the, um, what's the fuck? Uh, what is the name of that, that RPG series? Um, Oh fuck. What, it, what? damn it. <laughs> it's the, uh, Deus Ex. They, they made the, uh, the new Deus Ex games. Um, okay. and, uh, they also, if I remember correctly, are the team that was behind the, um, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which I, I think is a, a legitimately very, very good game. Um, it, so these guys have some strong chops behind them. Uh, and, uh, let's be honest. There was no way they were going to make a, a, a guardians of the galaxy or not guardians of the galaxy, but a, uh, like Avengers type disaster. That was just something that was never going to happen. I don't think. Um, and so I went into this with expectations being that, well, this is going to be a good game. It may not be great. It may not be, you know, the, the greatest thing that I've ever played, but it's going to be at the very least good. Yeah. This is a game of the year type game for me. Um, I don't know if it will be my game of the year. Um, just the way that other things have come out and the way that, uh, that my list is breaking down. I don't think it, that it will be, but uh, I am just so happy with, with everything about this game. Um, the, I think probably best way I can describe it is uh, Marvel's Uncharted. Um, it has the same level of polish uh, as a Naughty Dog game uh, or, or, well, as an Uncharted game uh, or more specifically a Naughty Dog game. It has every bit of... Um, the same charming writing as an uncharted game. Uh, there are bits in this game that I just straight up was like, this is so good. This is like such good writing. And the whole game is kind of full of it, man. And it's, it's just, I was kind of astonished if I'm being a hundred percent honest, because I, as much as I like these new deus ex games, I, kind of think that the writing is the weakest part of those games. Um, I, I don't think that the writing is particularly good in, uh, in those Deus Ex games. I, I, I think that the writing is a hundred percent the weakest part. Uh, but I, well, okay, let me, let me get the negative out before I go into like, uh, uh, what I, I really feel about the story. Um, I, I do think that my my negative ends up being the gameplay for this game. Uh, I don't think that the gameplay is bad. I, I think that it is very solid uh, and very serviceable. Um, it just... The, the problem ends up being that for... As good as the story is, it deserved better gameplay. If that if that makes sense, like I I really do think that like if 
the gameplay was not more refined because it is like like I said it is good uh mm. it's more that like I have played games like this before and I have played games that handle better than this before um and I I think that unfortunately that is the one thing that this game is is missing and I think that it is it's missing that something special that makes to, to match the story's quality, because I think the story is something special. Um, and so to, to get into that, this game is so emotionally resonant with me. It's kind of unreal. Uh, and this is going to be a weird, uh, kind of, uh, I think parallel, but, uh, I just finished rewatching Cowboy Bebop um, for Culture Bop Selects not too long ago. Um, and I'm actually rewatching it again. And that show, uh, in many ways, I think has the same sorts of emotional uh, arcs that this game has in a real weird way. Um, it's very much a meditation on loss and it is very much a meditation on, uh, grief and, uh, holding on to your past longer than you should. Um, and it is so, 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 so strong because of that. Um, I think it has a lot uh, to say about those things and about letting go of the past. And I was genuinely surprised uh, to get as emotional as I did. But there are three or four parts of this game where like I was like, if not in tears on the verge of tears. And it was not something that I was expecting from this fucking game at all. Um. Ooh. This game is something special. At the very least, the story that this game tells is something special. Um, and I have loved every minute of my time with it. Um, yeah, th this is a great game. Totally worth any to amount of time. Yeah. I need to finish it so bad. It's such a good game. <laughs> I just keep getting distracted with other shit, and I just haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Huh? Uh, I mean, yeah. So, go check it out. Uh, let's get it to our picks of the week and get out of here. Um, my pick of the week is, uh, so this is a clip from a recent AEW show, uh, from about a week ago. Um, this is a 20 minute promo segment between CM Punk and, uh, MJF or Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, it, oh, oh boy. Um, if you want to see good wrestling promos, go watch this. <laughs> it's just, it's just two dudes going back and forth in the ring, talking to one another. There's no in-ring action or anything like that. And it is just so compelling to watch. It is, something that like I have always known CM Punk to be very good, uh, on the mic. Um, he's one of the most 
gifted wrestlers at that. Uh, and Maxwell Jacob Friedman is just an incredible heel. I, I don't know how the fuck this dude does it. He's just so, so good. Uh, and watching the two of them go back and forth is, is wonderful. Um, if you're even mildly interested in wrestling, go check this, uh, this promo out. Cool. 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 Um, my pick of the week is a YouTuber. Uh, I guess this is a theme for me now, like whatever I did it last week. Um, but yeah, my pick of the week is a YouTuber. He's not so small. He's actually relatively large now, uh, by the name of Austin John plays. Uh, I've been watching a lot of his videos the last couple of days. Um, this dude, he, Right now, he's kind of focused on uh, content for the new Pokemon games, but he like he did uh, he did full content uh, coverage for Breath of the Wild and uh, Link's Awakening, and also Pokemon Sword and Shield, and and you know a couple other games in between. Uh, also does a lot of like uh, gaming tech videos and stuff like that, and I I I just think this dude's content is so fucking wild that he gets the shit out as quick as he does. Like I understand it's his full time job now, so of course he's gonna get the shit out quick. But like, fuck man, uh, I mean the day Pokemon came out, this man had fucking ten videos up ready to fucking go uh, of just things to teach people and explain and and maybe stuff the game might not you know be so straightforward with and. Uh, tips and stuff like he has a whole 30 minute video that came out the day before the game fucking came out um about uh best tips for starting a playthrough and i i I really fucking enjoy his content i think his content is super helpful uh another game he was heavy on was animal crossing he did a lot of fucking animal crossing content Hmm. um but he uh he's a super rad guy um i being the Pokemon fan that I have, that I am and have been for a long time, I've watched a lot of Pokemon YouTubers, and I can say that easily 98% of them are some of the most cringy fucking human beings on the entire goddamn planet. <laughs> Holy fuck. Also, let's talk about how many of them turn out to be fucking pedophiles. What's going oh, on with that? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Dude, there were two. Uh, there were two big ones that just within the last month have uh, been outed for pedophilia. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this community? Um, but uh, I, Austin John plays. He's not cringy. He's actually relatively funny. Uh, he makes great content. Videos are are very, um, uh, uh, fuck. What's the word I'm working for? Very in depth. They they they're very helpful for for what they're for. And uh, yeah, I think he makes some rad fucking content. Very cool. Very cool. I might check him out. I I love YouTube stuff. Yeah, uh, so uh, I might have to give that a watch. Um, but yeah, all right. Um, let's go ahead and and knock this this bad boy out. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pigs, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, and on YouTube. Just search Culture Bop. Uh. You can find me on Twitter at bebopman182 uh, on Instagram or no, sorry, on Twitter at the bebopman182 on Instagram at bebopman182 and on Twitch at the underscore bebopman. Uh, Dylan, who is unfortunately not with us today uh, due to his illness, you can find him on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzle. Finally, 
Uh, oh, I should uh, clarify. When I say OM Dizzle, that's not real. I, I mean OM Dizzy. I'm sure that you all are aware, but I just want to 100% make sure that, uh, you know, that you're aware. Uh, finally, Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. It's true. And finally, if you're looking to support this podcast or any of the endeavors that we are undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culturebop and toss us a pledge. Uh, we are offering very cool perks, uh, including one that will be realized uh, with our first of three Game of the Year episodes that we will be recording next week. Uh, and that is that this year we have decided to let our patrons uh, talk about their favorite games of the year on our show. So uh, that is just one of the many perks that you can get. Uh, you can also get uh, three-day early access to all the podcasts, uh, or you can get uh, two-day early access to the videos uh, when I can get videos made. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, and as soon as we start hitting our goals, even more content or better content will be on its way. Uh, for instance, uh, we just reached our first major goal, uh, and with the money that I have been uh, or that we have been getting through um, uh, the Patreon, I am going to be upgrading my uh, audio equipment to uh, an audio interface and XLR mic, uh, which should conceivably give me better audio quality. Uh, we'll see if that's actually the case or not, but should be, uh, hopefully should be the case, uh, but we'll see. Um, and then, you know, I will eventually be using, uh, the money to get better, uh, uh, other, other, things going on like uh i'll be using it to get uh us a new logo stuff like that anyway uh so yeah if you go over there and just uh help us out with a pledge uh we can get more and better content coming your way uh but uh that is it that is the end of our show do you have anything else left to say i do not i do not well, uh, I hope that everyone found this helpful. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.